Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. We're going to jump right in. Um, Absolutely, I I forgot how much I love this passage of Scripture. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 4, it says, But because of his great love for us, if you're an us, raise your hand. All right. There's going to be a theme here. If you're an us, do it again one more time. If you're an us, raise your hand. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us. Oh, this is going to be fun. (laughs) Made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in transgression. It is by grace you have been saved. Can somebody say amen? And God raised us. Up with Christ Jesus and seated us. Hang on, now hold them up for this last one. Because I want you to, with your hands raised, this is talking about you. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. If, think about this. Jesus is right now seated at the right hand of the Father. Why the right hand? It's the, it's the side of favor. The right hand is the hand of favor. He seated Jesus at his right hand as if to say, I am, I am pleased with him. I am well pleased with him. This is my beloved son. He is going to stay in a position of favor. But we just read that us is also seated at the right hand of the Father in a position of favor. And I just want to preach already this morning. Man, he seated us in, in, with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order. Now, why would he do this? Why did he put us in that position in order that in the coming ages he might show the inco- incomparable riches of his grace expressed in the kindness to us in Christ Jesus? Did you hear what it just said? He seated us in this position. He put us at the right hand of the Father. He put us there. He seated us in heavenly places so that he could show us how rich his grace is so that every single person on this planet that ever looked at us would know about his kindness because of how kind he's already been to us. You're an evangelist just because you're seated at the right hand of the Father. You are, you are sharing the good news simply because God's been so good to you. He's going to be so good to you that people around you are going to say, okay, whoever that is being good to you, I want him to be good to me. Man, I freaking love this. <laughs> Can you say that in church? <laughs> in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace You have been saved through faith. Through faith. Say that with me. Through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do the good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I I grew up in an an environment. In fact... you can't even call what I grew up in a, de- a denomination. We considered ourselves denomination, a non-denominational. But um, we, I did grow up under a certain movement. The movement that I kind of grew up under, in, my, in fact, I've never been to a denominational church in my life. 
I was never a Baptist or a Catholic or, or a Church of Christ or an Assembly of God. I never, I never was a part of any of those. I've been in a non-denominational church my entire life, basically under, at least all the way up till I was, man, 22, 23 years old. Uh, I was in a movement called the Word of Faith. Anybody ever heard of the Word of Faith? Raise your hand if you've heard of Okay, good. Uh, some, but not so many. Uh, Word of Faith. There, there were preachers there on TV. There, uh, Kenneth Copeland was one of them. Uh, Jesse Duplantis, Jerry Savelle, Creflo Dollar, Bill Winston, Keith Moore. There was, there was kind of this group of, of, of preachers. Now, what's interesting is it was called the Word of Faith movement. I can just tell you, I heard faith every single time I went to church. I heard more about faith than I wanted to know about faith. Uh, I, I, I went to church nonstop. All they taught on was faith. I, 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 I heard faith. I, I, I understood faith. I understood the concepts of faith. I can quote you so many faith scriptures. It was a big part uh, of my life. However, years ago, I, I found myself in a situation where I wasn't really experiencing the God that I saw in the Bible. I wasn't really enjoying what I saw the scriptures say I should be enjoying and I didn't really have an awareness of what the issue really was. Uh, in fact, I, the way I was trained and taught, I thought I, must, I just must not have enough faith. And so I would go after more faith, and I would, I would want to speak more faith, and I would want to do more things by faith. And I thought faith was the issue until several years ago where I had an encounter with God, and God began to reveal to me His grace. He revealed to me his grace. Now, we just read in Ephesians chapter, in Ephesians chapter 2 uh, how we were saved. Now, what you have to understand about how we were saved is how we were saved. God was establishing a principle by which everything good we would ever experience from God would come through this principle. It would come through this formula. The formula was not by faith. It was by grace through faith. For some reason, and I'm not going to blame the Word of Faith movement, I'm not going to blame, blame Kenneth Copeland or anybody that taught this because they were experiencing God in a way that I wasn't experiencing God. So they are not the ones to blame in this. All I can say is for me, I, I, I got confused as to what was the source of what God wanted to do in my life. I thought it had everything to do with my faith, but what he wanted me to know ahead of what he had established before the foundations of the earth that I would know is that it was by grace through faith. My faith was never going supposed to be the source of what I experienced in God. Grace was supposed to be the source. Faith was simply the delivery system. Grace is the source. If you get nothing else from today, grace is the source of everything God wants to do good in your life. It can only be delivered into your life, however, through faith. Grace is the source faith is the delivery system. I can honestly tell you, I've only been walking in this for, um, man, five, six years. Well, actually, about seven years now. Seven years, I've gotten the source right. And I can tell you, I've experienced more of God's goodness in the last seven years of my life than I did the previous almost 30 years in my life. Because I didn't look at my faith as the source of God's goodness. I looked at his grace as the source of my goodness. Now, I'm in full disclosure, I will tell you what I have learned is that, uh, and this isn't bragging, this is just simply telling the truth, 
it, it seemed to me when I, when I would get around different people and, and talk about grace, it would seem as though my um, understanding and enjoying this, this, this concept or, or the benefits of this concept, the benefits of this principle, this benefits of what, how God laid, things, laid, laid these things out to work, it seemed like I was getting it very quickly. The, the grace of God, I was getting it very quickly. It, it was not taking very long for grace to manifest fruit in my life. It was not taking very long for grace to show up powerfully in my life. It was not taking very long. However, I would get around other people who didn't have a faith background or a grace background, and I would preach grace, and it would seem like it would just be step by step. They'd get a little, 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 which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I just happened to realize, like, okay, Lord, why did it seem as though I'd get around people and they'd say, my own wife would say, you like instantly became a different person. You instantly became a different person. And I, and I began to go to the Lord about this. And here's what he said. He said, you already had the, the delivery system in place. All you needed was the source. I had been taught so much about faith that as soon as I recognized the source, the, the, the delivery system was already in place and the grace of God began to manifest his goodness, his kindness, his love and his mercy in my life so fast because the delivery system was there, I just needed to get the source right. Here's the point. It doesn't matter how amazing the source is. If there is no delivery system, you will not enjoy it. It does not matter. It doesn't, I'll give you an example. Uh, Amazon Prime. <laughs> this thing is fantastic. I have recently discovered Amazon Prime, and I'll just say this, it's the most dangerous thing since credit cards to my budget. I, I, I mean, I have an iPhone 10 or X or whatever it's called, where I now can unlock my phone with my face. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so I can now, through Amazon Prime and the iPhone, iPhone X, I can look at my phone, I can hit a button, actually I don't even have to hit a button, I can say, hey Siri, look on Amazon for some new jeans. New jeans pop up, I double click, look at my screen, and within a couple of days, I got new jeans. <laughs> Jesus is alive. <laughs> this, I told in this the other day, like she, she came to me and she's like, hey, like there's been a new box show up like every day for the past week, like what are you doing? I was like, you ever heard of Amazon Prime? <laughs> She's like, yeah, everybody on the planet's heard of it except for you. What is, what, is this, what is so amazing about Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime has the ability to connect you with multiple sources and multiple delivery systems. There, it's almost like there's nothing now that you, you, you can just, if you can dream it, you can have it. It's like, so I'm going to go to work for Amazon Prime, you know, as a salesman or something. They connect the source and the delivery system. They connect the source with the delivery system. That's a spiritual principle. When we get the source right, and then we get the delivery system right, we can actually enjoy everything that God has intended for us to enjoy. You want healing? Healing doesn't just come because Jesus took stripes upon his back. That's not how healing comes. That's how healing was made available. Healing was made available by the grace of God and the finished work of Jesus on the cross. 
But until you get the delivery system of faith and do what Josh just had every single one of us do and by faith begin to speak to the symptoms in your body, you will never enjoy what's been available the whole time. Jesus and the finished work of Jesus on the cross is, cross is the source. But faith is the delivery system. And you can't have one without the other and still experience all that God has for you. It is by grace through faith. It, uh, w- several, uh, several months ago, quite a while ago now, uh, as the, well, first of all, you have to understand the foundation of this ministry is the grace of God. I believe with all of my heart, I used to work in, for another church. I, had, I was a pastor of another church. I tried just as hard. I worked just as hard. I studied just as hard. I tried to lead just as well. I tried to be just as, I did, I did a lot of the same things that we're doing here today. I just didn't have the right theology. I didn't understand the concepts of grace. I wasn't leading with grace. I was leading with my works and my faith, not his works and his faith. And so, so I, I've had a lot of people ask me, hey, I mean, what's the secret sauce? Like, what, 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 did, what, did, what did y'all change? What did you do different? And I was like, well, honestly, I just started trusting in him more than I trusted in me. It's really that simple. The grace of God changed everything. So because of that, uh, a couple years ago, the Lord began to call us to go after some things. You, you, you've experienced some of this. There's a reason why every single Sunday we go after miracles and healing because we read in Scripture that one of the first things he wants his people to encounter in the church is miracles and healing. We can't build the church that we want. We're supposed to build the church that he wants. So we started going after miracles. We started going after healing. Every single Sunday, we pray for miracles to happen. We pray for people to get healed. But in, the, in, in this endeavor, although it was a God-ordained season, I knew in, in, on the inside, we can't go after something and inadvertently forget what got us here in the first place. We can't go after miracles and go after healing and forget the grace of God that makes it all possible in the first place. So you know what we did? We, we, we used to take communion maybe once a quarter, maybe once a month. It was kind of hit or miss. But I, I, the, the Lord gave me the strategy to, to begin to take communion every single Sunday. And it's not because of some religious tradition. I've had people come up and say, you know, I just really like that you take communion every single Sunday. And I'm not judging what, what, what their heart is on it. I, I don't know if it's about a, a, a religious practice or whatever. I can just tell you for us, Taking communion every single Sunday is not just a a religious practice for us. Taking communion every single Sunday is to start start every single service, first of all with worship like the scripture talks about, but also reminding ourselves every single Sunday that it's more about what he's done for us than what we'll ever do for him. You want to get in the flow of what God's doing in this ministry? When we take communion, don't just wolf down a cracker and drink a little soured grape juice. The Bible says, do this as often as you think of me. Do this in remembrance of me. When we take this, actually remember that it's more about what he's done for you than what you'll ever do for him. We did that intentionally. We did that on purpose to keep it centered, to keep him at the forefront of what God's doing in our lives and in our church. But apart, along with that, not apart from that, but along with that, we have to understand the concepts of Ephesians chapter 2. It is by grace. In other words, by grace, you have a bank account full of money, full of resource, full of wisdom, full of hope, full of courage, full of healing, full of relational success, full of all kinds, full of calling, full of debt. You have a bank account full of those things, but you'll never tap into it unless you have a little debit card called faith and you swap that sucker and punch in your pin number. It doesn't matter what's in the bank account. 
Because I can just tell you right now, because of what Jesus has done on the cross, you have a full bank account. Full bank account. But you'll never enjoy any of it apart from faith. And I, we just, we purposed in our heart. And, and I believe that, I, honest to God, I believe today, uh, I believe this is my, my main assignment in the church is just to hear God as to which direction we're supposed to go and make you incredible. Make, make, preach Jesus so big that Jesus gets in you and you go out and do incredible things. Nothing would bless me more than to hear that my church is out ministering their pastor. Nothing would, don't amen so loud back there, Dustin. I, I don't know if I appreciated that. <laughs> that, that is, honest to God, that is my heart. My heart is that that would happen, but also I know that my assignment is to hear God as to if he's, if he's turning the ship and saying, okay, I want you to go after grace. Then there was a season, okay, I want you to go after signs, wonders, and miracles. I want you to go after the presence of God. I want you to invite me into your service in, every, in, in, in radical form. I, I genuinely believe that today marks a, a moment, even if it's a smaller season than the others have been, where the Lord is saying, okay, now teach my people faith. Teach my people faith. Something happens when we get everything in alignment. I don't know how much you understand about chiropractic care, but chiropractic care says if we get everything in alignment in the, in the physical structure, in the bones, in the back, if we get everything in alignment, then blood flow and the nerves can function the way that they're supposed to function for the rest of the body. I believe that when we get the finished work of Jesus first, where it's supposed to be, when we put him first, it's like click, 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 we got a few things in alignment. And then when we read 1 Corinthians 12, 28, and it says, And God set these gifts in the, in the church, first apostles, second prophets, after that teachers, third teachers, after that miracles and healing. I believe we tried to align ourselves with his plan for the church. But I'm telling you, I believe that right now there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a moment in time where the Lord is saying, Okay, finished work of Jesus, check. Miracles, healings, encounters, presence. Check, but it's time that my people learn faith. It's time that they believe in ways that they've never believed before. Um, I have three pages of notes, and I've gotten through this much. Uh, man alive, what to do. Um, skip ahead to the back page of my notes, Mark 11, since... Joshua already went there. I want to I entice you with something. Josh quoted it. But I want, us to, I want us to really think about this. First of all, we can sit here and talk about faith. Have faith. You got to have faith. It's by grace through faith. But we have to answer the question, faith in what? Faith in what? Because the fact that every single person in here in this room is sitting in a chair, I'll tell you right now, you have faith in chairs. You have faith in chairs. Now, some of you, if you've ever sat in a chair that had a fractured leg or didn't all the way get there or what, a built right or whatever, and you sat down in that chair, and next thing you know, you were on your backside, you had a little less faith in chairs. But every single person in this room, you have a little bit of faith in chairs. That means you saw it, you recognized immediately, oh, I know what that is, that's a chair. I've sat in chairs my whole life. Almost every single time, that sucker works. So you sat down and you weren't sitting down going, is this the most incredible thing you've ever seen? I'm squatting and it's holding me up. No, no, no. You knew what it was. You knew what it did. So you walked in here, you pulled the little, you sat down and you sat right down. And throughout the, this entire service, you haven't been sitting there going, oh my God, I hope I don't fall. Oh my God, I hope I don't fall. Oh my God. I... Why? You have faith in chairs. Right? 
You have, you have a certain level of faith in chairs. Well, hang on. I don't think Ephesians chapter 2 is talking about faith in chairs. By grace, through faith in chairs. Not what it's talking about. You have faith in all kinds of things. What kind of faith are we talking about here? Mark 11. This is going to seem, it seems so simple. But I just, I told the Lord, Lord, I'm going to trust the power of your word. You see, there was a story in the Bible of a centurion who had a situation with someone back home. And, and, and he came to Jesus and he said, I, I, I want you to send your word. I, as a centurion, I understand some things about authority. And I understand that when I speak, because of my position in the army or whatever, when I speak, I have people under me and they go do what I tell them to do. And he told Jesus, he said, I'm not looking for you to come with me to heal this person. I'm, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking that you send your word because I believe that you are someone who has authority in what you say and when you speak, somebody's go out and do what you tell them to do. There was a great faith in the word of God, the words of Jesus, not just Jesus himself. And here's what Jesus said of that centurion. He said, I have not seen faith like this ever because the faith was not just in Jesus. It was faith in his word. He said, if you'll just send your word, he'll be healed. Just send your word. I told the Lord this morning, I said, this seems so simple. He said, just send my word. Just send my word. I don't, I don't have to fluff up his word. I don't have to give all funny stories around his word all the time to make people get it. When I send his word, here's what I believe. The Bible says if I send his word, it must go forth and accomplish that which it was sent to accomplish. When I speak his word, ministering spirits, angels take his word and they minister his word to every single person in this, in this area. So I'm sending this word. Mark 11 says this, starting in verse 12, says the next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry and he noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could if he find any figs. But there were only leaves. Check this out. Jesus went to get figs. It says, but there was only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. So he went to a tree to get fruit when it wasn't even the season for fruit. Maybe, maybe, maybe Jesus believed that impossible was supposed to follow him everywhere he went. I'll, I'll just leave that one right there. That one. Then Jesus said to the tree, because it didn't produce the impossible. Jesus said to this tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. Now, I, I, this is the, the Braden International Version. Braden, Braden International Version. He, I believe he, the disciples, says the disciples heard him say it. They're like, that joker crazy. He's talking to trees. We done lost him. Peter, we lost him. You need to go talk to him. Skip to verse 20. The next morning as they passed by the fig tree that he had cursed, the disciples noticed that it had withered from the roots up. And all of a sudden, Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. So he was in shock that this guy that he chose to follow had the power to say something that actually happened. So then Jesus, what does he say here? Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. Have faith in God. God. Have faith in 
God. You have faith in a chair, so when you see a chair, you know exactly that sucker works every single time, so you plop down with no hesitation. You jump right down in the middle of that chair because you know that chair will hold you up. What if you had the same faith in God that you have in a chair? What if you just rested in Him, fully confident, and never even thought, the whole time you're sitting, you never thought, I hope this sucker doesn't break. I hope I don't fall to the ground. No, you had a faith in a chair. What if you had faith in God so that you never wavered? You never stopped believing that His promises are yes and amen. Have faith in God. And here's what he says. I tell you the truth. Josh quoted this. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it'll happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. You must really believe and have no doubt in your heart. You must really believe and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Now, I'm just curious if anybody in here, it needs to be preaching next week. If you're in here and you have ever spoken to a mountain and watched it lift itself up and dive into the ocean, if you're here, would you just raise your hand? You, you've seen, you, okay, I, I've never seen, I, I've, never, I've never done that. I've never launched a, a mountain into an ocean. Here's what that tells me. I don't have it all figured out yet. I, I'm telling you, people say, well, I have faith. Well, you may have a measure of faith. You ever, raise your hand if you've ever prayed for someone they, and they, and they, that was sick and had a symptom and they got healed. Raise your hand. Has it happened every single time you've ever prayed? Maybe there's more to learn about faith. Because here's my question. Is grace the source of the issue or is the delivery system? I, I, I'm, I'm going to bet that it's, if, if somebody's got something to improve on, it's me, not Jesus. I'm just telling you right now, just that alone, Jesus says, if you really believe and you do not doubt, every single time you speak to anything, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And if it's by grace, which is perfect, and it is a finished work through faith, and faith is my part, that I would say if there's anything that I'm not experiencing in my life, then maybe the delivery system needs a little improvement. Raise your hand if you think I can improve on my delivery system, that I can improve in the area of faith. Maybe there's some areas in my life that maybe I haven't truly all the way believed. Maybe there's some areas in my life that there's some doubt still in there. It is my heart's desire that over the next weeks, months, years, however long the Lord has us talk about this, that our delivery system gets so effective, so efficient, that everywhere we go, the grace of God is manifest because there are no kinks in the delivery system. Amen? We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.